Hello, welcome to the Injury Report. I am your host, Joey Brenner. Today is Thursday, October 6th. Again, recording in lovely Toledo, Ohio. The the weather is starting to change, and uh, it's, it's beautiful football season. I had frost on my car this morning, so I wore some sweats, and then it was hot in the parking lot when I went out to it in my car in the middle of the day, so it's it's that time of year where you got to dress in lots of layers and be prepared to carry sweatshirts and all that stuff all over the place. Uh, we saw a little bit of that with uh, Devontae Smith this weekend or last weekend against the Jags. He was complaining about how cold it was. Uh, you know, he's, he's uh, from the South, played in Alabama, and that uh, he, he is in for a rude awakening if uh, that's how things are going to go for him. All right, to start, I know last week we had Ryan on at the end. Um, we're going to have him on at the beginning, so that way I don't need to talk about all of the games again that we talked about with him. So, welcome, Ryan Alexander. You were, uh, what, 2-4 and four last week. I tried to warn you about Shanahan and McVay, but to be fair, uh, you did get some picks in to me last uh, week one or two weeks ago, whatever that would have been, week three, and we did not get them in, but you were 3-5. and five. So, you're 500 on the year. We'll give you that. Or three and or four and two, I mean. So we're five hundred. Well, well, listen. I I had a great week one that I didn't get on air, unfortunately, but I did go four and two. So I was pretty confident last week, and then those college games. I think I went one and two that first day, and I'm just like, oh boy. And then NFL, same thing. So, so I guess you know you win some, you lose some, but we're gonna win some this week. Yeah, that's you know, uh, I'm. We're not professionals, and Vegas is, so that's why that's why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right, so your first game, uh, you want to go through college first? Yes, sir. Um, one second here. Alrighty. So the college games, I have North Carolina plus three over Miami U. Okay, let's just do them one at a time. Um, give give me your thoughts on UNC and Miami. Dude, I just have never been a Miami U fan, and they, they remind me of Florida State in the recent years of just, if you bet on them, they're not going to come through for you. Like, anytime I think they're going to win, they don't win. Like, like big games. Like, I, I will never forget when they played Notre Dame, what was that, a couple years ago? Uh, well, they beat Notre Dame when I, once big time when I was in college, but they also were beat big time, so they split, I think. Okay. Well... I just feel like they're always overhyped, just like Florida State, at the beginning of the year, and they're just not reliable. And then they'll always end 8-4 and four or something, or 7-5. and five. Yeah, I think my freshman year of college, I was in the dorms. Notre, that was the year, I believe, Notre Dame started off with a loss to Texas that was, like, close. And then Texas was back, and Notre Dame— Was, it, you know, was that Malik Zaire? That was, that was the Malik and Deshaun were trading off. Okay, so Malik, that's when Malik balled against Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had, I think they threw like four picks, pick sixes or something like that against Miami a couple weeks later. So that was disappointing. Yeah, that's right. 
I remember the whole Catholic versus convicts thing um, all over ESPN. Well, you know what this one is. What's this one? This one's Catholics versus Mormons. Oh, North Carolina. Oh wait, no, we're doing. My bad. I was. St- we, I jumped ahead. We're back to. Oh, we're still. I, my, yeah, yeah. I see it. I see it. Uh, w- let's go to that one next, then. Well, I just wanted to say before we get so Miami, they. Uh, I think this was just going to be a shootout. Um, UNC's secondary is awful, and Miami is getting two healthy running backs back, Henry Parrish and Jalen Knighton, who haven't been playing for them. And then UNC had a safety that has been out, and he started 10 games last year with an ACL, but he'll be back. So those are the guys that have been out, but I don't think that they'll move the line very much either way. Moving on to Notre Dame. Yeah, let's do the Notre Dame one. Um, well, I don't have Notre Dame, but uh, I have B, uh, BYU plus three over the Irish. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Ta- I, I'm taking those points. Yeah, it's not. I did, uh, to be fair, see that Notre Dame in like Bleacher Report did a projection of the most likely outcome being Notre Dame twenty eight. BYU 26, which would mean Notre Dame gets a W and you get to cover. So I would be okay with that. There you go. However, there I don't go. think the either offense is very good. No, I agree. I agree. Um, the one big game BYU did have, well, they played Baylor. I mean, Baylor's not crazy good, but, you know, they beat them by six. and But they did get, um, they got their uh, ass beat by Oregon. Uh, it was a 12 versus 16 matchup in um, mid September, and yeah, Oregon being my 21s. So, but I'm just not confident in your Irish there, Joey. They have a hard time on offense. But well, one I of the mysteries coming out. One of the mysteries right now is Notre Dame really doesn't have any. I mean, after watching, especially you know Ohio State, they have no receivers, and I guess they have this. Uh, four star from uh, a year ago he like early enrolled and everything and they just will not dress him even I guess he's bit he's like a six four super athlete and they won't even put him on the field so I don't know what's going on there but it is disappointing to say the least because is he is he getting redshirted at least uh, I think I don't I can't remember if he did last year or, I, I don't know but I just saw that or, they, oh you say he's a sophomore yeah, they're just not using him. They're just not using him. He's like their best athlete on the outside. Huh. So, That's interesting. Yeah, but I, I, they did they did find a little bit of life in the run game uh, last week, and it seems like um, they're starting to go a little bit more different backs, not just – Yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're moving that around. Oh, um, for BYU, though, their quarterback, Jaron Hall, is very good, but Puka Nakua – is probable to play with a hammy. Well, he had a hammy injury in camp, and then now he has his ankle, and then they have a running back who's uh, most likely going to be out. They're starting running back with a non-contact injury, and they have a safety who's going to be out, and they're, they're just all over the place. They And then three of their um, defensive linemen, two interior guys and an end, are also – looking like they might not play. So I think Notre Dame has a little bit of an edge considering that they do 
they are so run heavy offensively and um if they have a weakness defensively it's their secondary and i don't know if they're gonna have anybody throw the ball to yeah no i yeah i, I can definitely see where you're coming from but uh, that being said byu by 10 uh, oh the next one? Oh, you should oh, so you're gonna do it you're gonna tease that a little bit huh is that how confident you are I'm gonna tease it. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put on a good old FanDuel BYU minus ten and see how what my odds are. Alrighty. <laughs> uh, I'll take that action any day if that if we're gonna go by ten. But <laughs> BYU plus three over Notre Dame. All right. Well, um, and then your last game. And then the last college game on Saturday. Um, I mean, I'm taking Washington State. Plus thirteen. All my all my college games were plus um, the underdog, but Washington State to cover thirteen points against USC. And I there's no real big names. They uh, Washington State has a safety back as well, coming off of a season-ending ACL last year. But I think this is going to be another shootout. Yeah, pretty much why I'm taking Washington State. They both have good offenses. USC's defense is awful, but um, Washington State's isn't great. And, yeah, I think it'll just be a high-scoring game. I could see USC winning by 3, 7, 10, whatever, but I don't think they're going to win by more than 13. Yeah, if both teams don't ever do anything but score, it'll be hard to win by more than, you know, by two scores. Yeah, exactly. You need a little bit of defense to win big. <laughs> now, I, w- I was uh, – I did – for your NFL picks, I, I thought, you know, you had one great pick, and then mm-hmm. I was I was interested in your others. You want me to start with the others? No, we can start with your great pick. We can t- we can take the time there. Uh, all right, let's start with the great pick. This is, hey, this is just me – Feeling bad about the Notre Dame pick. I, I knew you wouldn't invite me back on if I didn't make up for it. So I have the Jacksonville Joey Jaguars minus seven over the Houston Texans. I think, that, quite frankly, that's the lock of the century. Both teams are pretty healthy. Uh, my only thing, Zay Jones was battering, battling an, inju- or an ankle injury, and he's been a big-time target for the Jags and Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence can hold on to the football – and uh, keep his fumbles to two instead of four. I think the Jags got this one. My only injury notes for the Texans, they have a laundry list, but I didn't recognize any names. So my only list is uh, the Texans suck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'll say bet Jags minus seven over the Texans, but I'm saying Jags by a cool 14 or 17. Yeah, I think it has to be. I haven't looked, but it has to be in – Houston, if it's only seven. Yeah, probably. Home team always gets plus three to start. Or minus three, I guess. Yeah. All right, well, we're in agreement on that one. All righty. Let's hear what your thoughts are on this, because I have an argument for you if you don't agree. Um, I have the Miami Dolphins, two of us, backup Teddy Bridgewater. I have the Dolphins minus three over the Jets. Uh, well, Xavier Howard is a big part of the reason why I think they're favored. He did not practice, and neither did Jalen Waddell. So uh, I, I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater has the deep ball to get Cheetah going. Tyreek. Yeah. Um, 
No, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, Dolphins' defense is pretty solid uh, even without um, Howard. Yeah, Xavier and Howard. Yeah. Um, their defense is still pretty pretty damn good um, to the Jets. I, I guess the Jets have had a few offensive good good offensive games. Um, Zach Wilson's back now, but I mean, Teddy B, he went, he's been, always been a pretty good backup. He, uh, remember in his Saints days, I think he went like 6-0 and when Drew Brees was out for a Yeah, 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 at least, at least that. Yeah, he went at least 6-0, and but, um, yeah, I think you don't need a huge, uh, when Tyreek Hill knows you don't have a big arm, trust me, he's still going to get his yards. He gets his yards just as well, catching it short and making people miss, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think the Dolphins win this by at least 7 or 10, but, yep, yeah, I bet uh, Miami minus 3 over the Jets. My injury notes on the Jets are Brees Hall was limited with a knee injury, but he's expected to play, and then... Zach Wilson, after coming back from a knee, is nursing a bum ankle. And I think that his ability to move was one of the big reasons he was selected second overall last year. And after, you know, a non-contact knee injury and one game with an ankle injury, I think that that's going to be severely limiting for him. So I don't know if the Jets offense will be able to move the ball very well. For sure. Yep, I agree. So – Last week, I did talk about head injuries quite a bit because of Tua the previous week, and then not hours, yeah, not hours later. So I, I'm gonna do a little. I'm gonna talk a little bit more extensively about that um, in my kind of injury segment, injury heavy segment when I preview all the games. But as far as that, my stance. I know they said he shouldn't have been able to play. And I get that you have to kind of guard the player from himself, but injuries happen. And I know it, you know it's highlighted because he just had something happen the week before. But like Ryan Shazier, you know that that stuff. It's a football's a violent game, and at some point, these guys know what they're signing up for. Totally, I totally agree with that. So do you, are you are you more on the train that he like at, at any point and sign of head injury that a player should be yanked or do you think that they should have a little bit of freedom to make up their own? And I know because like you the other part you know it's a lot of pressure if you're told you have the possibility to play you you are expected to play you know pulling yourself mm-hmm. out in a football environment is not looked Especially at as a quarterback yeah as a leader of the team you're not supposed to be. Uh, pulling yourself out of games but i just wanted to know if you had any thoughts on that um well my thoughts would be if the medical team the dolphins medical team says he can play then like he should be able to play but i just don't know like i can't believe he did not have a concussion last week and if that's so if he gets up right away and just like can't walk like he probably i mean Oh, that's just, I can't believe he didn't have a concussion if, if that's what they're saying. But, I mean, if they, if the med team, or, yeah, the medical staff say you can play, I, I don't blame him for playing. And I, I talked about this a little bit last time, too, but, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I played football and 
college and I played a little bit more of a physical position than I did in high school. And there, you know, there's just weeks that you'd get hit and you get a little foggy. And sometimes for a week or so, you'd be a little foggy, but not, I, and again, I never had anything to that uh, extreme level where I'd fall over after getting up like Tua did, but mm-hmm. it it's just part of things. And then when I, my only diagnosed concussion was during basketball and I passed the concussion test. So the one they administer on the sidelines, I, when I went to the, I got like a CT scan or something in the hospital and they diagnosed me there. But as far as the, can you know, you it's not a foolproof system, and a lot of it really has to do with symptoms. I mean, that even in non-head-related injuries, if you're sick and you don't go to the doctor, they they can't. Do, you know, you have to. It has to. What what you tell the doctor has a lot to do with what the eventual diagnosis is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll get more into that later. But uh, and then your last game for this week. My last and final game, my uh, 6-0 and game, um, I have the New York Super Giants to cover 8.5, plus 8.5 over the Green Bay Packers. I don't see, so far this season, Devontae Adams lists Packers. Their offense hasn't been very great. I mean, well, are they 3-1 and one, or are they 2-2? Two and two? The Pack is 3-1. and one. They are three and one, so they have been winning. But that defense is a real deal. That they got some dogs on defense for sure. But um, Giants got Saquon Barkley. I think I think he, they can keep it at least striking distance, at least a touchdown game. Well, at the end of that last game, they just didn't have any quarterbacks. That's my concern there. I mean, Terod is out out with a concussion, and Danny Dimes did practice, but he did not finish the previous game against the Bears and then they're still without wide receivers Sterling Shepard and Kenny Galladay mm-hmm. now the Packers also have wide receiver issues with Lazard who he did play last week but he's still dealing with an ankle and then Sammy Watkins is out out so I mean it's going to be an old old Packers team with Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers going that's going to be their passing game and then they'll probably have a, the both running backs in the backfield quite a bit yeah, they have a nasty backfield, I will say. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon is a nasty pair. So I, part of me says that what all the Packers have to do is score eight points to cover because the I don't know if the Giants nine. will be able to score they nine. To score, they have to score nine. It's eight and a half. Well, I don't know if the Giants will be able to score one. So I think it might just be ten or, you know, touchdown and field goal might do it for the cover. That's a six and zero game, Joey. You listen to me, and you listen to me well. Well, I'm just, I mean, but the other part of me is the Packers have, I mean, they played a game with the third string quarterback of the Patriots as well that they almost lost. So, they, uh, exactly, they're they're exactly. capable of barely beating everyone. So I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> and then my, I, I definitely do think the Packers will win this game. Just saying. But yeah, I don't think it'll be by much. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is one for theatrics for sure, so he'll keep it close. Yeah, he, he's whatever off-season drugs he's been on. He uh, hopefully he stays under twenty-one. Yeah, uh, twenty-four. Stay under twenty-four for me. And then my last note is Evan Neal. I saw is uh, he practiced, but his neck 
was bothering him, and he didn't finish the game either against the Bears. And he's the guy that uh, the Jaguars were talking about drafting with like mm-hmm. two weeks left. And I am very glad that they have Trayvon Walker because I love watching Trayvon Walker move people bigger than him. And in the, I mean, the Giants have been on TV for some reason a lot. And mm-hmm. they have, yeah. They're, everybody just runs right around Neil. So I'm glad that they don't have him. I mean, he could ter- develop into a great guy, but for what the Jaguars want right now, I'm glad he's not on our team. For sure. For sure. Your Jags are going to cover too. I, I'm saying 21 points for, that they're going to win by. Well, I, I appreciate I that. You agree, you said? I appreciate it. I appreciate your support. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't uh, support your Irish that much. But um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, listen about that. Plus, they beat the Chargers, and I'm a Chargers hater, so... All right. (laughs) Well, all right, Joey. Thanks for having me on again, man. Yes, thanks for stopping by, and uh, hopefully we get back on the above 500 track. Oh, it's coming. We're going to be six above 500. Better parlay on those games as well. When you you some bread, go take a vacation. Uh, Yes, I know. I'm going to bet all my student loans on it coming up, so thanks for the guide. You're welcome. Then I'll pay it all off. And you buy me a car. Well, we'll just take a trip to Vegas and keep it rolling. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, brother. All right. It was good seeing you again. Yep. Good, good luck. Good talking to you again. Good luck. All right. That was Ryan. Thanks for walking through that with me, Ryan. Some notes from those games. Just looking back, we did not mention that the Giants and Packers are in... London this week and we already said that we thought the offenses were going to struggle there and it is also in London so I do think that that will be in a compounding factor for that so low scoring game I, that, that's an under game in my eyes the other note of point was I said I was going to talk about Tua a little bit more so there was a lot of talk about his reaction to his second head injury in five days and he had the flexed arms and the um, flexed fingers as well and that is a very extended fingers those are signs of a head injury obviously he so one of the cool things about the nervous system though is there are these cords that run all the way around your body and that's how you feel that's how you move different ones have different things they even help with you know breathing while you're sleeping you have all these different things that happen that you're unaware of but one of those said tracks is the rubrospinal tract and that doesn't start until your brain stem so not it's not in your brain it's your brain stem Uh, I do have the windows open and laundry going, so there might be some background noise. But the brain stem is right at the bottom kind of of your brain. It's the first little part, and then it goes into your spinal column and becomes the spinal cord. And then it shoots off all over the place really from there. But in the brain stem, there's this rubrospinal tract, and it is involved in the bicep flexion. It's involved in that and those fin- that finger extension. So 
when he had that second hit, it's often a sign that some, there's lots of different places this can happen because muscle movements are very coordinated. It usually starts in your um, upper brain, your cerebrum, and then it goes into your thalamus and then into your... Uh, so, some of the things go into your cerebellum and so forth and that you know your cerebellum is a lot of fine motor movement and take when that that is hit right there in that moment all of that was kind of blocked so but this rubrospinal tract was not so that is why he hits his head pretty much the brain communication stops for a second in his actual brain the spinal column is still able to coordinate with the rest of the body. So it's still firing. Everything else is inhibited. Spinal column, boom, up, and fingers flexed. Arm, you know, biceps flexed, fingers flexed. And that's why it, he had the reaction that he did. Now that is the worst of the two. That's called the decorticate response. There's also the decerebrate response, which is pretty much the opposite, where the brain stem is shocked and that rubrospinal column is shocked and your arms extend, wrists down, all that. So pretty much just the exact opposite for the upper body. And that is the less severe usually. So that is Tua's injury. He is still listed as out, obviously, and that kind of wraps up the notes that I wanted to talk about before. Moving on to tonight's game, we have the... Indianapolis Colts and Denver Broncos. Jonathan Taylor is out for the week with an ankle injury. Darius Shaq Leonard is also out. If you look up his hit, he had a concussion, and he also broke his nose and hurt his back and neck. I mean, it was pretty gruesome. It appears as if if his uh, cheek pads were full in his helmet, it could have been avoided because he is going for a ball thrown by the opposing team and one of his teammates crown of his helmet goes directly into his face mask and his, slot, his face slides forward and hits the his face mask so that's how he has a broken face pretty much and also had a little bit of whiplash and head trauma so he'll be out the Broncos and the as much as the Colts have been spiraling uh, the Broncos who are very not good. They, I think the Broncos are just the better team. They're they're pretty healthy as well, uh, and this is looking like the perfect setup for the Colts to tank at the right time and get a great young quarterback next year in either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or whoever else enters the draft and be set for another ten years or so until that one inevitably gets destroyed and they move on again. Because time is a flat circle. For the Buccaneers and Falcons, Kyle Pitts will be out, and he is just absolutely destroying me. I think they only completed like nine pa passes against the Browns last week, so not that he will really be missed because he's not much of a blocking asset. But uh, as for the Bucs, uh, Akeem Hicks, their defensive tackle, and Cameron Braith, their tight end, uh, did not practice. Julio Jones and Chris Godwin were both back but limited. And then TB12 himself did not practice, but I don't think he does on on Wednesdays anyway. I think that's his new thing in his contract, his old man clause. 
and you know he needed a break after all the divorce settlement and stuff too so uh, that's a tough look for him but this is a sneaky game you know the Falcons are exciting but this is also the one of the games that Tom Brady does just not lose in in division games like that other than to the Saints next we got the Lions and the Pats Amon Ra, DJ Chark, DeAndre Swift, all still injured after TJ Hawkinson had his 40-point fantasy performance in that, what, 45-48 loss to the Seahawks? Jeez. He is now, he did not practice. And then my, my theory on why the Lions are so beat up all of a sudden is just losing hurts. You know, they, they've played some really tight games. They played the Eagles really tightly. In week one, they played the Seahawks really tightly last week and lost, putting up 45 points. You know, putting up 45 points and losing is just, it takes the wind out of your sails. They did beat the Commanders, but they, you know, they lost close one to the Vikings as well. So I think that they play hard, they practice hard, and you, when things are going great you can power through that a little bit more but the emotional toll of just getting your butt kicked the way they do really adds up and I think that's why a lot of those players I mean obviously physically injured but it's hard easier to play through that when you're winning Mac Jones was limited in practice but will most likely be back to relieve Bailey Zappi he had a fun performance um Hoyer, Brian Hoyer is still out, so he will, uh, Bailey Zappi will remain the backup for the Patriots in the event that Mac Jones' ankle becomes too much, and I guess, would you have, oh man, so they, I guess they only have two quarterbacks on the roster, knowing them that, or they did have three, but one of them's hurt, would you, knowing that, one of the, the starter this year in Mac, the starter this week in Mac Jones is injured, per se. He is not performing to his best. He is. Then you have Brian Hoyer, your number two, who's out, which moves Zappy up. But knowing your number one is going to be limited, do you grab another guy off the waiver wires? I don't know. I probably wouldn't. I think that extra roster spot is useful elsewhere, especially because they don't have anyone ever to throw the ball to. But. The main thing is Mac Jones will be back. The Steelers and the Bills, which would have historically, just thinking back, been an easy Bills W. You know, the big bad Steelers would come in and just knock the crap out of them. Well, now it's definitely uh, supposed to be the opposite. Minka Fitzpatrick is out for the Steelers. Cam Hayward is bumming, and TJ Watt is out still. In a limited team, as the Steelers are offensively and have been, they've relied on that defense, and that defense is just falling apart. So that's tough. Injury luck, you know, it, injury luck is a real thing, and it really contributes to how well teams perform, as we saw with the Ravens last year and also the Bengals last year. You know, it's a big flip. It can change the course of a conference. So the Bills, on the other hand, are fairly healthy Dawson Knox actually they're most of their offense is banged up but they are 
Most of them are able to play. Dawson Knox is able to play. Tremaine Edmonds is able to play. Isaiah McKenzie is able to play. Gabriel Davis is able to play. All those guys are doing okay. But the one, again, you know, injury luck. Josh Allen takes a lot of hits. He is a football player first, but he is a valuable football player. And keeping him around is uh, very, very necessary for their success. So the Steelers, if anybody's going to come around and be the team that hits Josh Allen the right way, the Steelers could be that team, but I'd still think the Bills are going to win this one. Next, we have the Titans and the Commanders in Washington. Traylon Burks is out for Tennessee. Bud Dupree is out for Tennessee. And then for Washington, we have Jashan Dotson and Curtis Samuel out. And they are two of the primary targets for Carson Wentz in that commander's office. But they still have Terry McLaurin, who's open, and... He's open a lot. You know, you have to throw him the ball. That's a targeting issue. But as far as his health, he is in good health. And I would love to see the Commanders take one from the Titans the way they did the Jaguars. I could really, really use that because the Jaguars have – I'll get to the Jags. Oh, we already talked about the Jags. I think the Jags have been the better team in every game they've played. They just need to not shoot themselves in the foot by fumbling so many times and losing every one. But that's neither here nor there, and you know turnover luck is a bummer. And we'll move on to the Seahawks and the Saints. The Seahawks won, but Rashad Penny hurt his shoulder. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. They have been able to throw the ball relatively well, but the Saints are pretty strong on defense. And then the Saints offense, Kamara... Michael Thomas did not practice, and then Jameis and Jarvis Landry were limited. So even though the Seahawks scored 48 points last week, it's in New Orleans, and it's the Seahawks and the Saints. I don't see either one scoring easily, and this could be a under game. I think this is the other under game, along with the Packers and Giants in Green Bay, or in Lambeau. Not Lambeau, London. Now, as far as what the unders are, I don't know. But I just feel like they're going to be low-scoring games. The Bears at Minnesota. So, they get out of the weather in New York that they were in. And then also Chicago. And they get to play inside. They are going to be without cornerback Jalen Johnson. And David Montgomery, who was hurt, did a couple weeks ago did play last week and will play again this week and Khalil Herbert is going back to the back seat and then as far as the Vikings they're healthy so they're favored in this game and I would take them to win for sure for the Browns going to LA to take on the Chargers Herbert has been performing pretty well Keenan Allen is still out with his quad injury and then the Chargers are pretty healthy otherwise for the Browns their whole defense, Clowney, Njoku, Cooper, Amari Cooper, Joel Batonio, all of them did not practice. And again, I think that not, you know, kind of the same way as the Lions. Losing to the Jets when you're really supposed to beat them 
playing a tough physical game against the Steelers and squeaking one out against a team you probably should have handled a little earlier in the game, and then losing to the Falcons the way you did, I think that just hurts. I think that is just, you know, again, when you're hurting and you're winning, you want to keep winning. When you're hurting and you're losing, it's harder to push through that. So uh, this is a game that the Chargers, pro- both teams probably need need this win, but it's in LA and the Browns haven't been able to stop anybody and the Chargers are a pretty solid defense. So, I mean, the Jaguars didn't make them look that way, but uh, I think that I would edge out the Chargers against the Brownies this week. Even though they've been one of the top offenses the Browns have with Jacoby this season so far. In North Carolina, we have the 49ers traveling across the country. Nick Bosa, he's beat up. He didn't practice, but he should play. And then Tarvarius Moore is still coming off of his Achilles injury. Um, As far as the Panthers, McCaffrey and LaVisca both didn't practice. LaVisca didn't, LaChenault didn't play last week. Um, and then there is rumblings after the poor start Baker's had that Sam Darnold might be healthy soon. And the fact that the guy they got to supplant Sam Darnold, uh, they're, they're worried about his health timeline. That's probably not a good sign for Baker. I think the 49ers roll after a big win against the Rams on Monday. Speaking of the Rams, we have the Cowboys traveling to L.A., and Dak was projected. That's when he was asked, and when Jerry was asked, they all said he should play in L.A., but he has not practiced. So I think this is another week for Cooper Rush, and, you know, why not? Why rush Dak if Rush is playing well? Dalton Schultz should be back as a tight end and another weapon for Mr. Rush to command that Cowboys offense, and... The Rams are pretty beat up. They had two offensive linemen, Coleman, Coleman Shelton and Brian Allen, who did not practice. And I think that's contributing to Matt Stafford's ineffective, ineffectivity, maybe, ineffectiveness. But he has not looked good. He's just running around and finding Cooper Cup, which has really hurt Allen Robinson, who I don't know if he just doesn't know him as well, but... There were some numbers that he is the most open wide receiver and should be leading. I mean, I drafted him because I think he's a hell of a receiver, and they said he should be leading a lot of fantasy stats because of how often he is open, but he's also like the least targeted wide receiver in the NFL. So if Stafford can maybe find him, especially if he's playing against Trayvon Diggs, uh, maybe they'll fi- have some more success this week, but... I mean, anytime you got to deal with Micah Parsons, you got your hands full, and that offensive line is really beat up, and they don't really have a run game either. So I think the Cowboys might squeak it out and keep rolling. With the Eagles and traveling to Arizona and playing the Cardinals, Slay practiced for the Eagles, and then linebackers Kyron hurt his head, and then Patrick, who hurt his head as well, they're both Johnsons, so Kyron Johnson and Patrick Johnson both had concussions and didn't practice. Kyron is being evaluated while Patrick is all the way out-out. And then both offensive tackles, Brett Truff and 
Jordan Malata are under evaluation. Brett Troth has been ruled out for the week, and then Jordan Malata is having an MRI for his shoulder. But good news, Malata's backup, Andre Dillon, Dillard, broke his forearm. He broke his uh, radius. So he is out, and they are down potentially three tackles for two spots. And again, the Cardinals' pass rush is pretty solid. J.J. Watt should play. And this is not, I mean, the only real big injury for um, the Cardinals is Matt Prater might be out. He has a hip injury, but their whole offensive line is uh, questionable for the Cardinals. So pretty banged up. So what we're looking at is two mobile quarterbacks, two solid defensive lines, and two weak offensive lines. So as far as that mobility goes, that'll be fun to watch. Kyler and Jalen Hurts run around back there, try to make some plays. So that'll be fun to watch. The Bengals and the Ravens. The Bengals center, Ben Brown, tore his bicep, and he'll be out. So that doesn't help Joe Burrow's problem of getting hit all the time. And it's not just on you know, the line. He... Holds the ball a little bit too long. He's always trying to make a play, which is, you know, it's admirable, but not always smart. So you got to know when to take your take your losses and save your already banged up knee. And then they're, they're missing a lot of their defense. They're missing a corner, two safeties, and then a tackle and a defensive end. So they're kind of going the opposite way that the Ravens were, who they're not super healthy either. They actually have five linebackers that are out. And three of them have Achilles issue, and then so does their offensive tackle, Jawan James. So I don't know what the strength coordinator is doing, if he's not doing enough calf raises or if he's doing too many calf raises or why all these guys' Achilles are popping over in Maryland. But, boy, that is a strange occurrence to have four guys out with Achilles at the same time. And also five linebackers. So maybe their linebacker room is just going too hard. I have no idea. But that is not something you want to see as a Ravens fan. This is a battle of two pretty beat-up teams. Uh, But we still play. J.K. Dobbins missed practice with a chest injury after his first good performance coming off of his knee injury. And they will also be without cornerback Kyle Fuller, who will miss the remainder of the year with an ACL injury. So this is a Bengals in Baltimore. Joey B's cold, but Lamar is the best player on the field. I think that they are the better team in general, and I think they're actually one of the top three teams in the AFC with the maybe two with the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're going to get another win, and I think they're the better team. As far as the Chiefs, they are going to be hosting the Raiders this week, a little conference battle, and the Raiders finally got their first win last week against another divisional opponent in the Broncos. You know, it's funny, I was looking at some power rankings earlier in the week, and I I know I said this earlier in the year, but... The AFC and NFC West, you know, you look at the, across the team, the Rams, the Niners, the Cardinals. 
I mean, we knew the Seahawks weren't going to be great. They're actually overperforming. And then we got Mahomes, Herbert, Carr, and Russell Wilson all in the same division. Out of those eight teams listed, I think only one of them is in really the top third of the league even. I mean, the, the Niners are probably the next best, and they might crack 10 or 11, which I guess would be around the top third, but I don't have them there. And it's just funny to think that, you know, we hyped them up so much. And then, you know, the NFC East, who's been absolutely horrible recently, they have the Giants who are overperforming. And then they also have the, right now, best team in football and the Eagles and the Cowboys are playing well in their backup quarterback. So uh, that's the great thing about the NFL is all of the parody. Uh, but as for the Raiders versus Chiefs matchup, I think that uh, the Chiefs have this. They're going to be without Blake Bell, their tight end, who used to play quarterback in college. They did a cool trick play with him a couple weeks ago, had him go in motion and then take it. Uh, it's always a fun one. And then Lucas Nyang, their offensive tackle, is out with – it's really heartbreaking. He ruptured his patellar tendon last year against – actually his ligament because it's the one below the knee. So actually, while we're here – the patellar ligament is a ligament connects the a bone to a bone, and then a tendon connects a bone to a muscle. So the patellofemoral ligament goes from, or tendon goes from the femur to the kneecap. So that's a, a tendon because it goes from muscle to bone. And then the one that goes from your tibia to your, that's a ligament. So... Everybody calls it the tendon, though, because it's kind of an extension, or the, but it's a ligament. So his patellar ligament is ruptured, and he did the same thing in week 17 of last year. So a quick turnaround for him. It really sucks. Uh, if you want to see one, my high school DB's coach, when I was a safety my first couple of years in high school, he tore his, or ruptured his patellar ligament. And his story was he was playing flag football, planted wrong, sounded like a gunshot because it's a thick ligament, snap, and his kneecap shot up from the tension up into his thigh. He said he had the presence of mind to kind of push it down, and then they went to the ER and he was told. But anyway, he has a YouTube video of it, so if you look up Brad Bollinger on YouTube, you can kind of see how gross a ruptured ligament is. And we were talking about cords earlier, how the cords of the nerves run through your body if you see some if you ever get a chance to look at a nerve like the sciatic nerve in the back of your leg or the the median nerve in your forearm I mean they're pretty thick they look like fire, fiber optic cables now and it's crazy to think that those are running through and doing so much for you but so the other cables are these you know connective tissues and that one is really thick and seeing just how mangled it was uh, in his instance is pretty gruesome so if you have the stomach for that type of stuff it's brad bollinger on youtube and i think his video just says my ruptured patellar tendon or something like that but it's a quick video just kind of shows you how extensive that damage can be and then as for the raiders their receiver hunter renfro is going to be back from his concussion and i'm sure he's anxious to leave a better memory than he did last time with the fumble against the Cardinals that sealed their loss in overtime. And then now we're going to move on to injured and recovered. 
Didn't do that last week. I'm excited to get back to it this week. Injured. Roger Maris' record, his time as the home run king for non-steroidal use, which is, you know, it is what it is. It's over. Aaron Judge hit 62. But in the same note, recovered is Miguel Cabrera, who will retain his title as the last man to win the Triple Crown of home runs, batting average, and RBIs in the same year. Minnesota Twins player Luis, Luis Arreyes won by .004 in his batting average. So a fourth of a, or four tenths of a percent, which is uh, tough for, you know, getting that close to really what maybe would have been the best season that we've had since the steroid era in a hitting season if he would have got the Triple Crown and the 62 homers, especially with the number of times he was walked this year. But we were robbed of that. Uh, but Miguel Cabrera stays the most recent man to wear the crown. Injured Jordan Poole because Draymond Green punched him in the face in practice. Um, that's funny. You know, the Warriors are all zen. I'm sure... Draymond thinks he's close to Jordan and, you know, got fired up. And he's a young kid, Poole, and he probably deserves more playing time than Jordan or um, Green at the moment. But I saw Nick Wright tweeted something about the how will the new media, meaning Draymond Green at his show, handle this. <clears throat> I think that it is funny that he has a platform now to handle it. Uh and, you know, it reminds why there are some great journalists and sports talks guys like uh, Pardon My Take and Colin Cowherd, Nick Wright, those guys who are not players, you know, or even former players do a great job. But being in the heat of the moment, it's cool to hear what they have to say. It's also a lot of pressure for them to have to respond to that, uh, especially if they have their own platform like that. Recovered. Boston, after losing Ime Udoka to some mysterious claims. I haven't really got into that. I think I talked about it before. Um, I don't really want to get in or look into it and kind of let it flush out. I'm sure it'll be reminded as the NBA season approaches more and more why he is not out, although they don't really talk about it with Deshaun Watson. It's football season. But uh, Blake Griffin is there now. So they have an old head in the building to calm the nerves. I don't know really where. I mean, the Celtics were pretty deep last year. They didn't really have a all-around great, like, top 10 level guy. I mean, Jason Tatum, I don't think he's top 10. They have a solid team, and they had some good depth. So I don't know if they lost anybody this year to free agency or retiring or whatever else, but he is, Blake Griffin is there. Injured Bobby Wagner in a, the game on Monday night against the Niners. Uh, he is on the Rams, and a, a streaker ran out there, and I think it was to free someone who is arrested for some other form of protesting. And he tackled the person, and he hit him pretty hard, and now he is being the streaker is filing a police report against Bobby Wagner. So I don't know what real ramifications, but it is a good question. I mean, it's uh, it always gets a laugh, and I wouldn't want to mess with those guys, but what is the ruling on that? I think if you run on the field of play, you should uh, kind of forfeit your right to safety at that point. But, I mean, if you know someone killed someone, then 
that's a step too far. So there does have to be some guidelines and ground rules on what and is and what isn't okay in that scenario. But if you're going to protest like that and run out onto the field, you know, it's illegal. It should be, you're, you know, you're kind of forfeiting some of those rights. And that also brought up, I know they're talking about should players be allowed to go up just somewhere into the fans then, you know, what's the rules there? But uh, that's, that's funny. For recovered 42-year-old Udonis Haslam, still kicking it for the Miami Heat. I don't know if he's played a minute in five years. He's not played a meaningful minute in five years. Uh, but he, he's still there and collecting his paycheck. I don't know, he's vet minimum probably. Uh, I think he could maybe find a better job, a better way to spend his time. He's 42, so he's not that really close to retirement age as a you know standard American. And But I, don't, I just don't know how he continues to get offered that, that check. Uh, he's definitely has special privileges with practices and workouts and stuff too. That's funny, funny to see. And, you know, it, there's something to be said about having him around. I'm sure he's a great addition, but just making him a coach might be better. I mean, if at some point, if the guy is in the same position as you as a player and you're dropping 40, let's say, uh, Tyler Hero has a really good start to the season, and then he has one bad game. Well, why am I listening to this guy who's just hanging on for dear life talk to me? Whereas if he's a coach, that's his job. You know, you can. It's just a different relationship. They might as well just ask him to please hang it up and take kind of the same role Juwan Howard did when he transitioned into that coaching role for them. Injured, love, love is dead. Tom Brady and Giselle broke up. Allegedly, Adam Levine and Bahati Prinsloo broke up. There's just no love in the real world anymore. It's not something to be trusted, and I can't think of any two more greater examples of it than that. And then finally recovered after their hiatus as being hated and whatnot. Uh, I know they have performed well in the past too, but the Houston Astros are back the number one seed again in the AL, and... Uh, it looks like there could be a collision course for the Dodgers and the Astros again in the World Series. So that wraps things up for me this weekend. Enjoy the great fall weather. I have to do a lot of studying, but thank goodness I like to do that while watching football because there's some, some good games this weekend. See you next time.